0: You're listening to the Homeland Heroes Salute, sharing stories to heal and honor our heroes. This podcast is brought to you by the Homeland Heroes Foundation and produced by Dairy Cam. Today's episode is sponsored by Elliott Health System, providing quality, compassionate care to our community for over 130 years. This podcast sometimes deals with mature content that may not be suitable for a younger audience and could be triggering for some individuals. Discretion is advised. The views expressed by our guests and others are solely their own. No views expressed in this podcast represent any of the Uniform Services, the Homeland Heroes Foundation, Dairy Cam, or any other organization. My name is Alyssa, and you are tuning in to the third and last part of Arthur Briggs' story. If you missed the first and second parts of his story, you can go back now and listen to our previous episodes. Thank you for listening.
1: Um, so I was gonna ask about kind of what your day-to-day life is now. Um, You said you're a counselor, you're a chaplain. Um, Can you talk a little more about what you're doing today? And I I know helping people is a huge aspect of of your life and and of your job being a chaplain and whatnot. Um, So yeah, talk about that a little bit.
2: Sure. So a Navy chaplain is somebody, like we have four core capabilities and I would say that they are, to provide religious opportunities for people of our faith group. So I'm Protestant, non-denominational. And that simply means like uh, for people that are Protestant, non-denominational, I can give them a service. I can give them communion, baptism, weddings, funerals, child dedication, baptism, whatever it is that they need in that moment. I can do all of those things. The Navy never asked me to go outside of my faith group. Uh, They always... Uh, allow for the chaplain to operate within their faith group according to their faith tradition so provide care Uh, a chaplain is commissioned to to care for all service members so I don't care if you believe that the tree is God or you believe that Satan is God or you believe that uh, you are God Uh, as, as a service member my job is to care for you infinitely and I mean that in a sense of I don't have to agree with what you're saying, but I have to care about your situation. I have to care about what you're going through. And uh, that's the most underplayed position that a chaplain has, because in reality, people can pretend to care in different aspects of the military, but ultimately they all have a mission. My mission is to care about these men and women and they're worthy of care. The facilitate care, advise uh, is another portion. So I advise up and down the command at whatever level I can earn. Uh, you know, ultimately I have the ear of the commander of whatever unit I'm in, where I can go directly to them and say, Hey, sir, I need you to know about X, Y, and Z. I'm I'm going through my head, the four capabilities, make sure that I know them all. Uh, so advise, but I can also advise the lowest level of the command and, and talk to them about where they're at and how the military works. And it's. It's important that I understand uh, wherever I'm at in whatever unit. So a Navy chaplain can service the United States Navy, the Merchant Marine, the Coast Guard, and the Marine Corps. So a wild amount of diversity. So you have to understand like wh- what is available for everybody inside that command. And then, um, so provide, facilitate. So facilitate is an important part, right? Free exercise of religion is part of uh, our constitution, and it should be afforded to our service members. So if you come to me and you're a Wiccan, you're a Muslim, you're a Jew, uh, you're a Catholic, all of those things I am not. And you're like, hey, I need to practice my religion. It's my job to facilitate that. It doesn't mean that I'm going to do a service because I'm not ordained to do that. I'm not capable of doing that. But I will make sure that I get you all of the materials, all of the, the people, if I can, like whatever's available via the mission, I'm going to make available to you to practice your mission, uh practice your religion, excuse me, because if it's afforded to our citizens, how much more show, so, how much more so should it be afforded to our warfighter? You know, uh, so that's part of the job. So provide care, facilitate, and advise. that's what I do. Um, I'm not a licensed counselor, but I did some pastoral counseling in my master's of divinity. Um, But a large part of what we do as counselors, uh, as chaplains, unless they have a counseling degree, is out of our office of a minister. So ministerial counseling, if you will. Which a lot of people have a lot of problems with. And a chaplain has a unique thing. They have uh, 100% confidentiality. So here's a wild While back, uh, a sailor can come to me and tell me that they're going to end their life tonight at 11 p.m. And I can't tell a soul. I I believe I'm the only office, and I say I, the chaplain, is the only office that they can do that. And um, it's really challenging. I've had a boss not dealing with suicide, but dealing with um, another type of immorality or another type of immorality. It's not the right word. Another type of challenge that humans deal with, and I was like, "Hey, this is going on in in your battalion," and he's like, "You'll tell me who did this," and I was like, "Sir, it was said to me in confidence, and I can't, I can't repeat uh, those things, but I can tell you that this is, you know, over the course of the last six months, that this is an ongoing issue from several different individuals, and your Marines are in danger." And boy, was he upset with me that I wouldn't tell him exactly who the perpetrator was. Um, But it wasn't my role. And I I cannot uh, divulge those things. I can give him like generalities. You know, I can say, hey, there's a lot of binge drinking going on. Or there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of people that are really upset with uh, the way that the command is going or the integrity of uh, this one individual. And uh but i can never break somebody's confidence i can never say like exact things uh that's with homicide too right so like if they're like hey chaps i'm gonna kill this guy Uh, i don't have the capacity to uh, to go warn that individual or to uh call the cops or anything like that they have the ability to talk now people will be like well that's that's dangerous and uh you should you should call the cops I've definitely talked to people that were like, Hey, I'm going to kill this individual. And I've definitely talked to people that were going to kill themselves and the opportunity that it it gives them to kind of like process those things externally. Uh, It's kind of like when I was 18 years old and I was like, Hey, I'm going to buy this, uh, this Camaro, it's only $49,000 and they're offering me 12% interest. So I got to do it. If I process it internally, it sounds like a good idea. But if I process it externally, somebody's like, hey, Art, like you only make $30,000 a year. So it's probably not a good idea for you to wrap that all up in a car, especially with the 12% interest rate because you're 19 years old. Um, not to compare buying a car with ending your life. But the idea of processing something externally is a lot different than processing it internally, especially for young men or women. I've been doing a lot of talking. Is this normal?
1: Yes. Yes, it is.
3: <laughs> I set the precedence.
1: We gotta go for another 45 minutes to beat Dave.
3: <laughs> Dave, did you do this already? Oh yeah, I was the first
1: one.
2: <laughs> uh, I'm gonna. I Why
3: do you I think
1: he's helping one?
3: us?
2: Huh? He,
1: he was that good. He was that good that we we nabbed him for the the interviewer.
3: Nice. It was uh, it was good, but I didn't know it went that long. <laughs> It didn't, yeah. seem, <laughs> it didn't seem like it when we were in the middle of it. Dave's no, it younger than me. I got a, I got a bedtime. <laughs> I'm definitely not younger than you. <laughs> are you
2: older? Well, you look younger. It's because of the beard.
3: I'm 50. You are not 50 years old. I am 50 years old. You I served. Do. I served in the Air Force from '88 to '92 active duty, '92 to '96 reserves. Then I was sure. in the corporate world for a number of years. And then I went back in the military at 39 back in 2008, went to Afghanistan 2010-2011, and got out in 2012.
2: Were you uh, active or National Guard? Active. 101st
3: Airborne, Airborne. 2nd Battalion, 327th Empty Regiment.
2: i bet you wear that hat more than you wear your Air Force hat.
3: I definitely wear that hat more than I wear my Air Force hat. I don't even have an Air Force hat anymore. I oh, so got, got one buddy from the air force that i still in contact with and we see each other a couple times a year other than that uh, what was your ms 91 bravo <laughs> get out of town seriously you're dirty grease monkey you're right dirty grease monkey attached to the infantry guys so when you're telling this story about pre checks i was laughing i was i was really i was laughing hard because been there done that
2: <laughs> yeah yeah hopefully the mto changed you, you were airborne so that's light infantry yeah. and it's a little bit different yeah and so uh, so i i did a lot of combat recovery missions right so we would run the HEMET wrecker out and uh a lot of a lot of a lot of the things that i struggle with and a lot of things that we did as a unit were involved around that
3: gigantic vehicle you know so i was um i did the same thing I was at Kot Monti, Kunar Province, Afghanistan, which was between Bostik and Jalalabad on um, MSR California. So I, I, I love that most of those towns end with bad. Well, if you ever seen the documentary called The Hornets Nest, that was us. Yeah, yeah.
2: Man, I, I, I'll tell you, um, every every different. You know, people are like, hey, you were there in 03, this was going on. Oh, you were in Baghdad in 04, this was going on. uh, 04, 05, hey, you were in...
3: Uh, it's, like, it's like a constant something going on.
2: <laughs> Ambar province in 05. Yeah, I mean, like, I, and people are like, oh, you you know, some of these guys were Fabbits, right? So uh, for those that are listening, a Fabbit is somebody that never left the FOB, And I think they get a bad rap. And in some degree, like did they do less? Sure, but I mean, ultimately, their life was in danger at some level, and they sacrificed the time. And uh, we we beat each other a lot up. Uh, we beat each other up a lot in the ranks, you know, and especially cross services. You know, some of us deserved, and some of us not. But being being excuse me, somebody that served with Army Infantry Battalion and um My kids are saying, where's dad? It's funny. Army Infantry Battalion and Army Transportation Battalion and then going to serve with the Marine Corps and now uh, the Navy. There's a there's a cost associated with every branch, every uniform and, uh, you know, every every aspect of what what, what they go through. And, you know, the more and more I see it, we're, we're all very unique. But all uniquely similar in so many different ways, so yeah you know yours is the hornet's nest uh, battle of the Battle of the boneyard um you know Fallujah for the marine Corps was uh was a yep. terrible and very heroic thing uh, all all of it matters, all of it's our story and i yep. I guess you know i I've done counseling with Vietnam era vets. I've heard things out of their mouths that I, I never, I never want to repeat. And then you, you think back to World War II, and yeah. I've, I've heard the citations read at funerals of men that have done, done inhuman things, you know. And um, it's not about who, who's done it more, or who's done it better. It's, it's about understanding and respecting the difference.
3: Right. Yeah. Definitely agree.
1: All right, I think we've got a, a few more questions, and then we can probably wrap up. um I do want to say uh art thank you in for coming on the podcast tonight um talking with us. I appreciate it um I have a ton of respect for service members um and you know thank you for your service it's um, i don't I don't know what else to say <laughs> But so I guess let's wrap it up with a few more questions. Um, what advice would you give to someone enlisting or someone coming home today?
2: So uh, enlisting, do what you're told, be in the proper uniform, be on time, and pretend like you enjoy everything
3: that you're doing. <laughs> and don't <laughs> break check your TC. Say you, that again. <laughs> and don't break check your TC. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: Them. uh you'll get promoted to e5 with no problem uh w- with those four rules so i gave everybody that i enlisted in the army those four things um getting out or coming home everything that you've done is completely meaningless not in the sense that what you did has no value but nobody cares i remember i got out of the army and i was a three tour combat veteran I didn't do anything wild or completely brave, but I remember being like, you know, I've 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 accomplished quite a bit of stuff in my life. At this point, I've I've seen more of the world than most people, and I've lost friends. I've lost two and a half years of my life and sacrificed to to the nation or to the army, and uh, ultimately it was it was actually meaningless to everybody, you know, uh, you know, I had a rainbow on my chest of awards and they're like, "Yeah, it's didn't, didn't even care. Uh, so the people that are coming home and, and they're expecting some sort of form of respect, like, you got to get over it pretty quickly that, uh, what you've done is, is yesterday's news and, and what your employer wants, what your school wants. They want to know what you got for them today. And you got to kind of, you got to kind of, Process everything and, and stay current in today and keep moving if you can. You know, I, I got a lot of friends that can't, you know, they can't keep moving. They, they're hurting and uh, they're stuck in the moments and the, and the pain. And I've been there and I, I have absolute understanding of where they're at. But if you want to live in that moment for the rest of your life, you're going to miss today. Man, that's a sound bite for you. Yeah. If you're going to live, in that moment for the rest of your life you'll miss today and uh we've got to be present today
1: so is there anything else that you would like to share that we may have missed any points um yeah you guys
2: you guys didn't you didn't say like hey thanks for serving on the board of directors of homeland heroes uh, Uh, or anything (laughs) like that um it i love (laughs) i I love helping veterans right like I, i i dig it um the, the the sacrifice, the cost, the things that we've talked about today in my story are universal. So uh, is our brig special? I'm not. Uh there is a bazillion people that give more and serve more and love more and I I meet them every day. Uh it's why I am what I am. it's because I get to be around these incredible human beings on a constant basis. Um but yeah, so if you want to help a veteran, if people are listening to this for Home on Heroes, and they're like, "Oh, I've, I want, I'm interested in Home on Heroes and what they're doing," Home on Heroes is a is a vessel that you can ride on. That's kind of form fitted. Like you can jump on the team and and kind of affect local veterans in New Hampshire, Maine, and Mass. Right. Um, if you're confused about like how how do how do i do that you, you can contact them and they're going to give you an opportunity you can financially support the organization uh or any organization for that matter but because i'm on the board of directors i, I want to say like homeland heroes is, is making an impact locally in new hampshire uh for active duty for veterans and uh and for family members of veterans so it's it's an important thing for people to understand like Okay, I've I've heard all these stories. Like, wow, that's really impactful. Dave's a Dave's a war hero, and art's decent, you know. But how do I how do I engage in that? And and homeland heroes is certainly like a local uh, vessel for you to, or or a local vehicle rather for you to to ride in that like opportunity to make a difference in a veteran's life, or or even an active duty service member. What Absolutely.
1: else? Absolutely, and if you want to.
2: Oh, go ahead, Alyssa.
1: Yeah. If anyone's listening who wants to donate or volunteer or learn more about the Homeland Heroes, they can visit www.homelandheroesfoundation.org or find us on Facebook.
2: Or Twitter or Insta or Snapchat or Yahoo or whatever. I don't know what else we're on. We don't don't have
1: Snapchat
2: yet. We got to get on that. Uh, But here's the other thing, and I need you to take this soundbite down is Everything that I expressed tonight in this interview is uniquely my own opinion. It doesn't reflect the opinion of the United States Navy, the United States Army, the United States Marine Corps, and or the United States Navy Chaplain Corps. It's simply our Briggs take on uh, what's going on and veterans and service members and my own story. It's not about um, a universal picture. It's just my opinion. So I don't reflect anything on those things or my current position. So, uh, that's because like,
1: you know,
2: I was thinking about this. We, we, we view organizations as if they have a conscience, right? We want to hold them accountable, but organizations don't have a soul or a conscience. Uh, individuals do. And, uh, I, I, I want to take full responsibility for my, my views and my words. And, yeah, we we have great, great men and women in this nation that serve and that don't serve in the armed services. Those that serve in the armed services have a unique uh, value to me, not more than those that don't serve. But I just understand them at a deep level because I've experienced life with them for the last really 18, 19 years. So I value them. I, I thank you, Alyssa, for your time and your preformatted questions uh (laughs) dave for you and your delightful beard uh i'm glad that you're on video and i'm not because i have a baby face over here and you can't see my gray hair but i can see your sweet beard and your flannel you know and all that hair look at it let him go i definitely need a picture of him on the website we'll get more hits and more likes
3: (laughs) (laughs) no don't do that that might run people off
2: um but thanks for your time any any other questions you got for me
1: yeah one last question for you art um if you had to do it all over again would you
2: going back to earlier in the conversation where i said most of the people they're they're doing that because they gotta get out of where they were going i don't know like you, you rewind the clock and you go what if i made a different decision I don't know what, what would have happened, but I know it wouldn't have been this good. I know that I wouldn't be with my bride. I know that I wouldn't have these two amazing children. Just for, just for my bride, it's worth going through all of the hell again. Um, for the relationships with my brothers and sisters in the arms, it's worth it. For the opportunity to uh, be an old man still rank and file and be a word of encouragement, it's worth it. To provide my children with a better opportunity, it's worth it. Do I wish um, for my sake and for the sake of those that have been through combat, do I wish that we didn't have to deal with uh, the consequences of of some of the things that we've witnessed or, or done? I do wish that we didn't have to deal with the consequences but it's always worth it for people it's always worth it to to be be there in the middle of it for people
1: thank you for joining us for the last part of art story this podcast is
0: brought to you by the holman harris foundation an organization dedicated to the re support of active duty service members veterans and their families in their time of need To learn more, visit HomelandHeroesFoundation.org. Thank you to our production team at DairyCam, creating connection through story for a better world. Learn more by visiting DairyCam.org. Today's episode is sponsored by Elliott Health System, providing quality, compassionate care to our community for 130 years. Thank you for listening, and make sure you
1: subscribe to the Homeland Heroes Salute wherever you listen to podcasts.